Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? We are going to continue in our series of Power for Life, and it's great to see each and every one of you with us. How many of you this morning had your coffee, or you have it right now? Right, okay. How many of you woke up and had a soda this morning? Can I see your hand? Wow, there's a lot in this, sir. How many of you had coffee and a soda already? I I see that hand. You ought to be really happy, sir, and uh, praising the Lord all the way through this, that's for sure. Um, It's amazing that uh, these things are provided in our life. You know, caffeine is really a stimulant in our life, but it's really, if we go through it, it's like the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, look, you can't do life without the Holy Spirit erupting from you. Isn't that true? You can't do life without the Holy Spirit erupting in you. You need something more. And so Jesus knew his disciples lacked one thing, power. Can you say that word with me? Power. He knew that they lacked that. He knows that we lack that if we don't have it. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, not just for you, but for those that are around you as well. So it's kind of like this uh, 24 ounces of Coke that I have here. As you shake it up, you realize that it doesn't take long and the contents are under pressure, right? Hope it doesn't explode while I'm up here. But, um, but you know, it's the same work as what the Holy Spirit, in essence, does in us spiritually as well. That in our lives, the Holy Spirit comes and activates and does something powerful in us when we accept the work of the Spirit in our lives and on an ongoing basis to our lives, the Holy Spirit enters our life at salvation. We realize, you know, just as we look at this, we see as we shake this, we see the carbon bubbles come to the surface. And if we were to go around and we were to open this, what section wants me to open it on them? You? You have both hands? Oh, you're blocking me. Okay, I thought you definitely wanted a drink of Coke today. Nobody wants this, right, so I will not open at this point. But you realize the contents are under pressure. That's what happens in our life in Christ when the Holy Spirit is invited in to do a work. That Jesus wants us to know we can't pull this thing off on the earth with only ourselves, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need his work inside of us. Now, you may already be a Christian. You call yourself a Christian. You might have already prayed to ask Jesus into your life, that prayer of salvation. But there's something beyond that that needs to happen in your life. And there's two experiences that I just want to make very, very clear right from the beginning because I think it's very important because God's word talks about this. And I just want to point that out. So if you're taking notes, point number one, the Holy Spirit enters my life when I experience salvation. So this first thought, when the Holy Spirit enters our life, we experience that very first time when we ask Jesus into our lives. He enters. So let me tell you what scripture says in John chapter three and verse six. It says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to what? Spirit. He says, you should not be surprised at my saying this, but you must be born again. What is he saying here? The empty dead space on the inside has now been filled with the life of the Holy Spirit. So the moment we give our life to Christ, we have the work of the Spirit in us. 
Romans 8, 16 says, the spirit of God testifies to my spirit, to your spirit, that I'm a child of God. That, that very moment we give our lives to Christ. That, that it's like the Holy Spirit's divine welcoming committee and he says, welcome to the family. You're now a child of God and he is your father. You know, it's amazing. We should wake up every day excited about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through our lives, shouldn't we? What he wants to do on any given day, in any given moment in our lives, it is the spirit of God that lives in you. And so many times, you know, we look at this, we undersell this in our life. Well, if we're a Christian, we know we have the work of the Holy Spirit in us, but many times we undersell it and we put our situations above the work of the spirit. So we need to realize at that very point of salvation, the Holy Spirit is welcome and invited in to come into your life and in my life. Point number two is, the second point, the Holy Spirit erupts from my life when I experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we said last week as we came in and we started talking about this powerful life series on how the work of the Spirit wants to partner with us and do a mighty work if we're open to receive that work. And so it's that moment, though, that where all of a sudden the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God erupts in us. And it will give you and me the capacity to be his witnesses, witnessing of all the great things that he has done, that Jesus is alive, that he's operating the world. There will be an eruption inside of our life, and it will be very powerful. And now let me just say this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we talk about this topic, and maybe you've heard this many times, maybe this is the first time. The only reason why it has any motivation for us is if we have a desire to be used by God. How many of you are with me? You know, this really isn't gonna make any sense if we're just gonna let this be dormant in us. But if we're very interested in being used by God, this is a very relevant topic. So if you have that desire today, then and I want you to know that God is here to fill you and to give you this gift. You have a hunger for him. He wants to fill you, just even beyond the ordinary, the everyday survival of your life, this topic is very, very relevant to you. You've heard me say this before. The Holy Spirit is always relevant. I want you to know that. How many of you know that to be true? Amen? The Holy Spirit is always relevant. You never have to ask, Holy Spirit, are you relevant? I mean, do you see this? He's there with you in the work of your life. He is very real to you at every given moment when you call upon him. The work of the Spirit is inside of you, seeing what you see and even seeing further than what you can see down the road so that you can even be spiritually discerning. But the Holy Spirit erupts from our life when we experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So erupt, I'm not sure what comes to mind when I say that, but I think of like a volcano that, that you, we understand, and I don't know all about it, but I read up on it. There's this substance called magma beneath the surface of the earth, and it gets very hot, and there's gas in the magma that bubbles up, and as the heat rises, it puts pressure on the molten lava magma. And if the rocks in the volcano press it down enough, it's going to stay contained. But when the pressure of the heat rising is more than the pressure of the rocks pushing it down, it will explode into the atmosphere. This is a big part of what God wants to do to cause there to be an overflow of his presence and power in each of our lives. So who comes out? What takes place? Well, let's talk about this eruption. And it is Acts chapter 2 that I'm going to turn to. On the day of Pentecost, it says 120, 
including the disciples, were in the upper room, and they heard this sound that entered the room like a violent wind blowing, and there were, your scripture may say, tongues of fire. There were great balls of fire that came to rest on each one of the people that was a symbol of the Holy Spirit in his work. Verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. There was an eruption that came verbally. I want you to get this today. There was an eruption that came from them that they could not contain. When the Holy Spirit shows up, you will not be able to contain it because God will come and erupt inside of your life in powerful ways. And they erupted, they erupted, you see, verbally out of their lips. And the people that were there and heard this, Peter preached the gospel after this. A whole bunch of people got saved. And that's what we call the day of Pentecost. That is the birthday of the church. Today is Pentecost Sunday. If you look at your bulletins, you see that. This, we are celebrating the birthday of the church there in Acts chapter 2. Isn't it amazing to look at scripture and you realize that the very beginning of the church, the very birthday of the church is marked by this event that there was an eruption of the Holy Spirit that came out of God's people and they spoke in tongues. He gave them, as he's giving us, the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how important this is to our lives. Now, there's another event I'm not going to go in and read, but you can look at it later in Acts chapter 10 that sets up precedence. I'll, I'll read one verse out of it coming up. There was something that happened in Cornelius' house where they got baptized in the Holy Spirit and something came out of their life, the work of the Spirit. Another passage, Acts chapter 19. It says when Paul placed his hands on them in Ephesus, he prayed for them and this small group of people, he said, what do you know about this Christianity thing? And they said, we don't know a lot. He said, have you ever received when you believed? And they said, we don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. That's a very honest answer back. That we don't even know what this is. We don't even know what you're talking about. And so verse uh, 6 of chapter 9, it says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Now, Everyone that's been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to know, has a unique experience. This is what I love about the work of the Holy Spirit. How about you? Every person has a unique experience. Yeah, there may be a lot of similarities with them, but it happens differently in our lives. That's because the Holy Spirit knows us better than anybody else, knows when we need it and when we don't need things. And so we've talked to the pastoral staff as we come to this today that as we prepare our hearts, I, I want our pastoral staff to come and they're going to share their experience with you in these next few moments of what happened when they experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to see that each person has had a different experience. Yeah, there are some similarities, but each of us have had different experiences when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm gonna have Kristen start off and share with us how God came upon you and what he did and erupted in your life. Okay, well, um, I was 18 years old when I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was raised in an Assemblies of God church. 
a Pentecostal church my whole life. And back in the 80s, there was just this holiness movement. So every worship service, we were at the altar seeking the Holy Spirit and seeking the infilling. And, um, and I did that. I was there. I was present. And I so wanted to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But every Sunday, it seemed like I just left Sunday morning and Sunday night um, without it, really. And so um, I was called into ministry when I was 18 years old at a Bible college. And, um, and that's when the Holy Spirit came on yep. me because he called me to serve. And so I fall into that where um, God gave me that boldness right when I needed it. And so um, I had a lady there pray with me and um, ask to, you know, pray with me to lead me in the Holy Spirit. And so I did. And we prayed. And she kept praying over me and asking the Lord to, to give me this language. And I kept telling her, I'm, I'm, I'm getting nothing. I'm just, you know, I'm just sitting here and I'm feeling the Holy Spirit, but, but I'm getting no language. And I just kind of thought it would just happen. Like the whole language would just come at me all at once. Because we've heard people speak in tongues before. And I just thought that's what, how it would happen. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just, finally she stopped and she said, do you hear anything in your, like, are you getting anything? I said, well, I'm hearing kind of like feeling the word idiot. And I said, it makes me feel like an idiot, really, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, and she said, well, just just keep saying that, praise mm. that, you know, keep opening your mouth and, and keep worshiping the Lord and keep just, just, just pray that word, pray that word. And it reminds me like when my children learned to talk, they didn't come out with a full language all at once. They came out with one word at a time, didn't they? Yeah. And I know it happens different for everybody. And I've known people who've been filled with their complete language all at once. But my experience, most people get one word at a time. So this wise woman, as she prayed with me, she said, just keep saying this word over and over. Yeah. And so I did. I prayed into that word and worshiped the Lord. And, um, and pretty soon, God gave me another word to kind of couple with that. So I, pray, I started praying those two words together. And by the time we were done, I had three words. I had three words in that prayer, and she just encouraged me to go and just let that build. Wow. Just let the Lord minister into that. And, and so that's what I did. And, and even today in my prayer language, sometimes I feel like, wow, my prayer language just grew. It just grew. My vocabulary just yeah. grew as I prayed in my heavenly language. But I'm so thankful for, for this gift that God Amen. gives because as you're going to talk about in a little bit, it just, yeah. it's, it's, it's just a direct line with God that we yeah. have, and it's just so much, so powerful. It is. Uh, I, I was 17. I was I was in our youth ministry when uh, I first kind of had the experience, or, or at least kind of being talked to about the experience. I grew up in a Presbyterian church, so we really didn't talk a whole lot about uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I remember in youth group, we had this drama group that came out, and then we broke up in smaller groups to pray. And I remember this one, one person that was leading uh, the prayer time and asked if we want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and he said, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, j- just say watermelon banana over and over again really, really quickly. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And, and so that, that kind of created this, this bitterness and, and, uh, towards or even being open to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was because there was a lack of understanding. And I remember going to uh, Bible college and you know, we would open up uh, each day in prayer and worship and devotion. And I was just hungry for God. I, I, was, I, I wanted to know what my calling was. I wanted to know what my purpose was. And I remember praying with another guy and, and he, he, was, he was passionate for me. And, and he asked me, it's like, have you ever received 
receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I said, no. And so just over the next couple of weeks, we, we were just praying that I would uh, be at a place just to re- not focus on the calling, not focus on purpose, but just focus, just being open to receiving more of God and, and yeah. by receiving more of the Holy Spirit. And I remember one night uh, we, were, we were at this um, a prayer center, just a people, open door, people come in, just asking and receiving prayer, and this person was really depressed uh, and just, just, just really wanted God uh, to move in their life, and I just, I just asked God, all right, Holy Spirit, just speak, and I remember it just began to share things on this person I've never met before, just kind of, these are the things that have been holding you down, these have been the things that have been stopping you from experience God, and, and I just said, I don't know you, so hopefully this is, this is hitting where you're at, and I remember the following week, uh, they came back it was like everything you're saying was right on right on right on and to see that change and and that was that was the spiritual gift of discernment that came upon me in in that situation and and what was great was that wasn't through through my course of now being open to receive more of the holy spirit other gifts have been able to to be used you know we i've been able to see the 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 gift of healing uh, and then the gift my prayer language coming and and it was all be i I wasn't able to experience that calling and purpose until I, i had a heart open and, and allowing the this holy spirit to move through me mm, uh and and i just i can't look back i can't imagine what where my life would be if i wasn't open and just allowing the holy spirit not allow my bitterness or my lack of understanding stop me from experience all the great riches through the holy spirit that's great awesome pastor brian uh well i didn't grow up in the church so i never heard i was like that uh, church that paul was at. i ne- never heard of what this thing was, um, but I did get saved, obviously, um, at a Pentecostal church. Um, I didn't know it was a Pentecostal church. I just thought it was church uh, because I didn't really know a lot about denominations. Um, but at this church, um, there was a service shortly after I'd been saved where there were some people speaking in tongues. And so kind of freaked me out. You know, I, there hadn't been any education. I didn't know what was going on. So I kind of just got up and left and <laughs> was like, these people are crazy. And <laughs> it's going to be on the news later or something. Uh. Um, but, you know, I'd started to develop some, some biblical relationships with some men in this church and, and uh, starting to establish some trust. And they said, man, Ryan, I, I know you're really resistant to this, but I feel like, man, you should just open up your heart, open up your mind. I really believe that um, this is for all believers. And uh, I was very skeptical. You know, it was brand new. I was a new believer and... Um, I decided, you know, hey, thanks for telling me that, but I feel like I got to discover this for myself. Uh, so I grabbed uh, a Greek lexicon. I didn't even know what that was at the time, um, which is basically like a dictionary, if, I don't, if you don't know. Uh, but I grabbed a concordance. I had like four versions of the Bible, and I legitimately spent about six months really diving into God's Word because I, I wanted to have an understanding. I was hungry for God, and I was hungry for the things of God, um, but I was afraid, and I didn't understand it. And so I just felt like, man, if I could get some more understanding and, and get some more wisdom in this, let me see how I feel. Um, and I went through about six months of that, and I just felt like I got to a point where I was like, okay, I believe this is biblical, um, and I believe that, that this is available for all believers, but it must not be for me, otherwise I would have had it yet. Mm. Um, but uh, I was at a prayer meeting at about 6 in the morning, yeah, um, which I'm not good. saying you have to get up at 6 in the morning to receive the gift, but I was just there. And um, I was just praying, and I just opened my heart, and I said, God, I, I want all that you have for me, and I want you to have all of me. So if this gift is for me, I want it. 
Um, and there in that moment, I, I, I received my prayer language and um, pretty much haven't been the same ever since. It was, it was really cool, and it was a special moment for, for me and my relationship with God. Awesome. Isn't it amazing how God works differently in all of us and through all of us? Different experiences. There's, a, there's similarities there, but it's amazing how God works. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And I think it's always powerful to hear people's stories on this. You have a story if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit as well. And it's very powerful. The appropriate moment, God will allow you to share that with somebody, maybe right after they've received Christ, and say, hey, you know, there's another work here that God wants to do in you. So thank you, pastoral staff. Would you give them a great big hand clap for them sharing what God's done in them? Awesome. Amen. So if you look at Scripture, every time there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, something came out of them vocally. I don't want you to miss this. There was this eruption that came out of them that they began to journey towards God's supernatural power and to release that into the world. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and how that comes upon us. And I just want to encourage you today. Whatever category you're in, I, I just want you to relax today. Nobody is going to be here to put your arm behind your back that you have to receive. That's not how we operate. God wants to be hungered for. Amen? And you know, he doesn't ever come and do things in us we don't want to have happen. Isn't that true? That's the type of life we live. He doesn't come and say, you have to have this or else. No. He wants to be hungered for. So I just want to put you at ease today. Nobody's going to be asked to do something that they don't want to do. But we want you to see that there is a greater power that is at work that goes beyond salvation. And it's a second work of the Spirit. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So four ways the Holy Spirit is released. I'm going to go through these today. And then I'm going to provide some direction at the end. And those of you that are open and hungry to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have to come forward. We, the altars were filled in the last service. I haven't even talked to the pastoral staff and our ministry team, but we had a lot of people baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues in our last service. So God is here. He's doing the work. He's working on your hearts already. He's working through you, and he wants his power to be known. Four ways the Holy Spirit is released. The first one is praise. Acts chapter 2, verse 11. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Very common reaction to have a pushback as soon as you hear about this particular experience because it's different and it's unusual. So let me just kind of break this down. Four things that happened that, that the Holy Spirit erupted in their lives. The first one was praise. They started to praise God. Acts chapter 2, that the people who gathered heard them declaring the wonders of God. So there was praise. We just did praise and worship and singing together. And here's what we learned. The Holy Spirit is here on the earth to be able to point people to Jesus. That is his primary mission. You can always know if it's not the Holy Spirit. Because if the, you think the Holy Spirit is pointing to something other than Jesus, that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always point us to Jesus and our mission upon the earth. Amen? He also empowers us as believers that our lives would point to Jesus as well. Anytime Jesus is exalted, the Holy Spirit gets excited. I want you to know that. 
So as you were here today, your heart is hungry, and you came and entered into praise and worship, and you and I were lifting up Jesus. The Holy Spirit was getting excited. As we start to worship, what happens is we start to align ourselves with the Holy Spirit's mission, and he starts to get active in us. So you might notice this in a worship environment, wherever it is. You may be sensing that. Something happens in me. I feel more motivated and inspired. I feel closer to God. I feel like something is happening in the room and the atmosphere that I am in. And it is wonderful because the Spirit of God responds to praise. He responds to praise. So I'm telling you that when you praise the Lord, you activate your spirit inside of you. Every time you get involved in worship, that's what happens. The Holy Spirit begins to bubble to the surface in your life, ready to erupt in you. And so this is good. And the Holy Spirit's like, yes, this is good. I'm into this. Let's worship together. That's the first thing. Second, prophecy. Acts chapter 19 and verse 6, we read this a moment ago. Prophecy. When people When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Second thing that happened with the Holy Spirit and can happen with the Holy Spirit in your life as you welcome and invite him in is we start to prophesy. Now, let me explain this. Prophecy or prophesying you've heard in the Old Testament historically has been always about predicting, predicting the future, what is to come, whatever it may be. In the New Testament, prophesying is typically not about predicting things. It's about speaking life to people. 1 Corinthians 14 describes it as when we prophesy that we do it for people's encouragement, strength, and comfort. It's speaking encouragement. That's what it is. It's speaking encouragement. It's encouraging one another. It's different, though, than just coming up with a thought in your own head that's just something nice to say about somebody or to them. Prophecy is Holy Spirit inspired encouragement. That's what it is. I don't know about you, but we need a whole lot of Holy Spirit inspired encouragement in our homes and in our marriages and in our children and in our workplace for us to be able to make it. We need the Holy Spirit type encouragement, don't we? We really do. And isn't it so much better than an environment where people are complaining, they're critical, complaining, angry? That's a a miserable environment. We need an atmosphere that is prophetic. Now, I didn't say pathetic. I said prophetic. How many of you are with me? Now, I am not saying that prophecy can't be still predicting. I'm not, please don't put that out of the equation. But if you look at verse by verse inside of the New Testament, you'll see that it's more about Holy Spirit inspired encouragement rather than what it was in the Old Testament where he spoke to the major and the minor prophets. So the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. They started to speak out of their spirits the things that God, God had put inside and there's revelation and they got it in their thoughts so we get this by we we start to praise we start to prophesy number three prayer language acts chapter 10 verse 46 for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising god here's the third this is this is probably the most controversial of the group they begin to pray in a prayer language or spoke in other tongues as the holy spirit gave them the ability to do so and this is going to need a little explanation How many of you believe that God can do miracles? Can I see your hand? That you believe that God can do miracles? Yes. So 
Speaking in tongues, to put it very simply, is just a miracle of language. Speaking in tongues is just a miracle of language that God gives us the capacity to speak out in a language that we've never learned. That's what it is. And it sounds kind of crazy, but how many of you know God can do anything? If we listen to what he tells us and we obey him, we will speak out of that and prophesy and speak in tongues and praise God. It is a miracle of language. It's a language miracle. It's a language miracle to be able to speak out loud a language that you have never learned. It's amazing. Those Holy Spirit-inspired words. Now, I know from you, and I know from talking with our pastoral staff, or I should say, talking with our pastoral staff, that we use our prayer language daily. That we use it daily. And I think it's so vital and it's so important. I'm going to talk to you about that, why that is so important and why it's necessary. Well, really, it's the starter miracle. It's the gateway miracle because God wants to do more than what we could ever think or imagine. He wants to do supernatural things through you and me. And as we pray out in a language we've never studied, we never learned in prayer, it's just you and God and the Holy Spirit praying through you to the Father. There is something supernatural that happens as you partner with the work of the Holy Spirit. And the more you do that, the more you'll get used to and the more you will get comfortable with doing that and allowing that to operate in your life. Praying in the Spirit or praying out in a spiritual language or maybe you've heard it called heavenly language, it allows for the Holy Spirit to pray things through us that we never would come up with on our own. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is better than we are? Amen? He knows what you need even before you know what you need. Amen? So as we allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us, we're praying in the things sometimes we don't even know that is there yet or is yet to come. So what am I saying? Why is praying in the Spirit so important and so vital? Well, it is clear, direct, unencumbered, non-mixed motive communication with God. I'm gonna break that down real easy. By speaking in our spiritual language, we speak to God without any filters. Now, I just gave you a tool to put in your belt to use when the enemy tries to come against you. When you're going through a problem that is bigger than you, the word of the Lord has given us a weapon here to use that it is unfiltered language that we are able to speak with the Father in heaven and we are able to readily communicate with him. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get in prayer and I'm overwhelmed and my English can't even comprehend what I'm feeling. The Holy Spirit can do that in you, amen, and help pray through you, and it is unfiltered. It goes directly to the Father, amen? That's why it's so vital. So when I'm praying in my spiritual language, my mind doesn't understand what's going on. I've never learned the language, but my spirit feels a burden for something, someone, maybe someone's face comes to mind. I'm praying for them, a situation or whatever. I don't have to understand it all. And see, sometimes that comes against our thinking in the West. We have to understand it all before we do it. That is in direct opposition to the word of the Lord. How many of you know that? That sometimes we just want to get it all figured out before we do it. That is not how God operates on many things in our lives. He wants us to activate it even though we don't understand it. That we're partnering with God and what he wants to do through us. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says, anyone who speaks in tongues edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. 
I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but in public, I would rather have you prophesy. That's verse 5. Now, there is instruction here for a reason, because anytime you're just going to come into the word of the Lord, this is why there's instruction given so that it is not abused. Amen? And also, Paul was bringing instruction upon the church so that it would not be abused, but it would be used in a beautiful manner to give the Lord the ultimate glory and praise from our tongue. He goes on to say in verse 6 through 7, Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good would I be to you unless I bring you some revelation, knowledge, or prophecy, or word of instruction? Even the case of lifeless things that make sounds such as the pipe or harp, how will anyone know what the tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Now, I want to say this here before I go and talk about this a little bit. I have found that most people are completely open to the supernatural, especially if the atmosphere they are in feels safe. Right? So he's saying here, anyone who speaks in tongues in prayer edifies themselves. Edify, what's that mean? Well, to build up and to make strong. Because we go through difficult things on any given day. And that's why he's saying this prayer language is so important so that when we are praying in it, we will build ourselves up. That's what it does when we're using it in our prayer time. So when you're building up, you're restoring. So through the work of the Holy Spirit and that heavenly language, you are bringing restoration to yourself. Wow, right? Through his work, not just because of you, it's because of who he is. We're just a channel to allow him to flood and unlock the power of God in us. Speaking in tongues, it makes you stronger. Notice what it says in verses 18 through 19. Paul wrote much of the New Testament. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And we know that that's so important to him. It's important to us. But in the church, when you gather publicly, I'd rather you speak intelligible words than speak in tongues. This doesn't mean to say that we are against tongues in the public setting. When God wants to speak, God will speak. Amen? Amen. But he's saying, it'd be like if I got up here for 30 minutes and spoke in a language you didn't even know, what effect does that have on you? Nothing. You'd be like, wow, I don't even know if I'm coming back to this church. Right? It has to be understood to bring clarity to our spirit. And so Paul's just giving us the words here of saying, hey, I want you to understand this. You say, man, this is, this is sometimes, somebody in our previous service said, wow, never heard it preached like this. Well, this is just right from the word. I don't, one of the beautiful things about the word is on this subject, you don't have to guess. It's there. We don't have to guess. It's in there for us to draw out the nuggets of truth and say, here it is. Here it is for us. And he's talking about how to, yes, build ourselves up. Then when it goes into the body, it encourages and edifies the body. But I want to tell you something here. There's two uses for speaking in tongues. And I want to say this just to bring clarity. Um, some of you might not know that this is the case, but two uses. One is privately, when you pray, that you're praying in your heavenly language, whether at home or you're alone, you're in the car, maybe even when you're here, you're just praying quietly in tongues. And that inside of that, that's edifying you through Christ Jesus. The second is publicly. And this is, he's saying, it, it, isn't it supposed 
to always be followed with interpretation. He's trying to answer that. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yes. So the person that gives the tongues is first responsible for the interpretation. That's the first one. It could happen differently than that. But the one who gives it is the one responsible for interpreting it uh, as you are using. That's right in the word of the Lord as well. But I want you to realize how important this is, is because we ask that in the church here, you know, if you feel like God's giving you a word of prophecy to the body, to come and surrender it to the pastoral staff that's right here in our front row. Now, some people say, well, I don't see that through Scripture, and I, I stand against that. But let me tell you something. There is instruction that's given. We, we've had tongues here in the church, and people haven't been able to hear it from one side to the other. The worship team sometimes can't even pick up on it. How many of you know that would be disorder? God is a God of order, right? So, some people like chaos. God doesn't. He wants order that there would happen so that it's done appropriately to give him the most ultimate glory and power. Now, let me tell you something. We are no longer in Jerusalem. We now live in Babylon. Some are saying, well, it should happen that way all the way through. Because, no, after chapter 7 of the book of Acts, they no longer were in Jerusalem. Things changed. We now live in this world right now. We live in Babylon in a very sinful culture. So we're saying, yeah, okay, the message. We believe that message, and we believe it to be true, but we're asking you in this church so that there would be instruction order because how many of you know at the right time, uh, you know, somebody come, come forward and say, hey, I have a word, but it's the wrong season and type inside of the service. Rather, they come forward and they, they give it to one of the pastors, and we may know at just the moment that that should be given for the ultimate powerful impact and glory to the Lord. How many of you know that that's powerful? I've seen this happen in churches. Some of you say, I've never seen it. I've seen it happen. Where the, some, the pastor says, hey, that word is not for now. We're going to come back to it. And then at the right moment, it happens. And boom, it explodes in the atmosphere. Amen? We want the Holy Spirit to speak to us. But there is also what God says, that there's instruction and done right will give him praise. The fourth is power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, Acts 1a. The power of God is released. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and a miracle will transpire. Now, again, if you're not interested in being used by God, this is irrelevant to you. But if you're saying, God, I want something more in my life, I want you to overflow and do something that's beyond myself, this is something that you want, you're going to be prepared to open your heart in these next few moments to receive. That God wants us to be loving, bold witnesses for him in these days. Amen? And the only way to do that, you can't do it in your own power. He said, you have to do it in my power, which is the work of the Holy Spirit. To be a bold, effective, fervent witness for me, you are going to need the power of the Holy Spirit you're going to need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to operate, to pull this thing off on planet Earth. You're going to need more than yourself. We're going to need his work in us. Now, it's different if you've never read or even studied before, but if you look at this and you say today, I am open to this. I am open for my heavenly language. I want God to come and breathe upon us. I, I want us today, I would ask you today, would you give the Lord permission to come and move in you 
would you give God the permission to breathe upon your life in these next few moments that we are together to set your life ablaze with the power of God? And if you're willing, I just wonder whether you would repeat after me, giving God through the work of his spirit permission. Are you willing? Would you say this? Holy Spirit, I give you permission to do in me everything that you want to do. Whatever that is, have your way in my life. Now that's a great entry prayer as we want God to come and breathe upon us today. That you know that today in this moment, if you're a sinner, you can come to the Lord for the forgiveness of your sins so that your vessel, the inside of your life can be clean and prepared to receive the work of the Spirit and that you know that you are a forgiven child of God. Listen, a relationship with the Holy Spirit is less about the performance of some spiritual act and it's more about a partnership through which we begin to live a supernatural life in Christ Jesus. Amen? So I'm gonna give you some instruction. Here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna have you stand in just a moment. I'm gonna pray a general prayer over you. Those of you that are saying, you know what? I hunger for this and today's the day that I wanna open my life for this entry level gateway miracle to happen in me. I'm gonna invite you forward and we're gonna lay hands on you. We're gonna pray and we're gonna believe that you will be filled in Jesus' name and you will speak with other tongues. Others of you said, you know what, Pastor John, I'd like to stay, but I have to go. There's other things that I need to get to. You may say, you know what, this really isn't for me right now. It's perked my attention and my hunger and caused an awareness in me. If you want to stay here and pray in your seats, that's fine. Others of you may say, you know what, I'm just going to go and continue on with my day. I pray God's richest blessing upon you as well. And so I'm gonna walk you through this in these next few moments as we're together and we're gonna come with a spirit of expectancy that God is going to fill people with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. And I wanna pray over you today and we're just gonna believe God's very best. Let me pray. Father, I pray over your people and thank you for your word today that is life-giving to us. Thank you for the work of your spirit, O Lord, that it causes such a greater awareness in us that we would be sensitive to the work of your spirit now and what you are saying and breathing upon us. Father, we pray, breathe on us today with the work of your spirit. We cannot do it in our own power, nor do we care to do it in our own power, but we need you and we wanna be filled full of you. Lord, and we desire you. We desire the gift that is free in Christ Jesus. We pray and we thank you for it even now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. We're going to sing. They're going to lead us in worship. And we're just going to open up these altars. And uh, I'll just instruct you through it. But I just want you to come with an open heart. Would you lift your hands as we praise and worship the Lord?